Welcome to Success Inside with host Aparna. On today's show, you'll hear the stories from the successful individuals that are making a difference in this world, living with passion, with their wisdom and ideas. We hope that you are inspired. Now, here's your host, Aparna. Welcome to Success Inside this morning on this lovely Saturday morning. I am dialing in today from Portland, Oregon. And uh, I am honored to have here with me my guest, Lauren Mackler. Lauren is uh, calling in from Boston, and, and Lauren is a 20-year professional uh, focused on, um, on coaching. She's a best-selling author. Um, she has worked with large corporations, individuals, couples. She's pretty much done it all in this space, how to live boldly and how to transform our lives. So I, we are looking forward to a session this morning of learning a lot from Lauren. Uh, welcome, Lauren. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, it's nice to have you. You've done so much great work, um, and now you are also have a new book coming out, or have already released a book called it would, book called Soulmate, right? S O U L M A T E. Yes, but um, actually, Soulmate originally came out in um, two thousand nine. Uh, the hardcover came out then, and um, it became an instant international bestseller nine days after it came out. And then a year after that, the paperback came out. And just want to make sure people know it's Soulmate, spelled S-O-L-E-M-A-T-E, Master the Art of Aloneness and Transform Your Life, not the other kind of soulmate, because <laughs> it's about relationship with yourself. Oh, good. So, well, actually, we can jump right in, because one of the things that uh, really uh, I think was very interesting to me is the art of aloneness, because... As you may uh, you know, our audience are professionals who have, you know, busy work schedules. We've got families. We've got a lot of different commitments that come at us. And so sometimes it can feel very alone alongside of being stressed out and exhausted. Aloneness is something we don't really embrace and talk about that much in the corporate world. But it is definitely one of the offshoots of what ends up happening when we're running around trying to please a lot of different people. Absolutely. And, and just to clarify, even despite the misleading sub, you know, subtitle of Mastering the Art of Aloneness, it really is not about being alone. And if I had it to do over again, I would rename the subtitle Mastering the Art of Wholeness because that's really more of, of what it is about. When we're born, we are very whole, integrated human beings, and then life kind of gets hold of us and starts to shape and mold us in different ways. And we learn certain patterns of survival, of protection, of, op- of how we operate, um, to adapt to and function within the environment that we grow into. And some of those patterns may have worked and usually do work very well for us when we're growing up, but we bring them with us into adulthood. They become habituated, and they affect our personal lives, our relationships, and absolutely at work. I work with a lot of executives, and I do that investigative work of looking at the, their past and the patterns that they learned, and especially those patterns that are limiting them today in their ability to be as effective and as productive and successful as they want to be. But you're right. There's not a lot of conversation about those kinds of things in the corporate world, and yet it's impacting most people's jobs every single day. 
So what are some of those patterns? Um, I mean, what do you see happening to executives or folks that you're working with? Well, I'll give you a great example. So I have this client who um, became a multimillionaire by 35, self-made, and he came, he was first generation in this country. His family came from uh, Europe. And he was kind of the golden boy, hero of the family. Um, he was a straight-A student, excelled Hi, extremely well. Pardon me? Uh, we had lost you there for a second. Oh, Sorry. Okay. Um, and he had always excelled, and he was all about the, the results. He was all about success. And the part of him that was able to be spontaneous, the part that was able to actually enjoy life, that part had been lost long ago um, because he was, it was all about the results and success. So he really had a lack of balance, and it was affecting his ability to connect with his children and he had work was a form of addiction for him. I mean, we call it workaholism, but it really can be um, such a pattern of an addiction to success and achievement that we are not able to have balance. It's like any other addiction. It may be more profitable than an addiction to alcohol, for example, but it still throws us out of balance. And so that's great that the person had that pattern growing up and it brought them to where they are today, but it may not be working so well. It may be having effect uh, on other areas of the person's life. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it becomes avoidance, right? Because we, uh, as individuals, tend to avoid that which is, not un- uh, which is uncomfortable to us. And so um, sometimes people use work as a way to kind of avoid life. Right. Well, as, and, you know, as a tangible example, um, it, what I actually had him do, because if you're just talking about this stuff, it's not going to produce change. And I'm all about change. So I combine my background as a psychotherapist with action-oriented coaching. I actually have a method called Illumineering, which combines the two. And as an example of an assignment that I gave to him to come back into that balance, to reclaim that part that got diminished growing up, I actually had him sign up for a six-week improvisational comedy workshop. And that was a way that he could connect to that part that he normally had no contact with, the playful part, the part that could enjoy, the part that could um, not be censoring himself and be concerned about how he looked. He just had to trust himself and and, and not that he was going to be an improvisational comedian, but as a way of experiencing and reconnecting to that part. And it was wonderful for him. That, that is an awesome example, actually, because oftentimes, I mean, there's so many different things we can do. One of the things is like dance and, you know, whether it's improv or things that are totally uh, left brain oriented versus right brain oriented and just bring, making us whole to your earlier point about creating that wholeness in our own lives um, is, is just wonderful, actually. So we're going to go into break here. Lauren, thank you so much for being here. And we're going to come right back and share some more practical tips that our audience can use to create a more whole, healthy way of being. Um, thanks so much. And we will be back to Voice America's uh, Success Inside. Follow 
us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you are a beginning or aspiring entrepreneur, have you thought about a coach or mentor? For instance, think about sports figures who have successfully become entrepreneurs and leaders in business. They started out with a coach in their respective sport, and many work with a coach today to help them continue to achieve their goals. Listen for ESCN with host Michael Dawson and co-host Angelia Hobson and Diane Daniels. Tune in Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, and 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business and rebroadcasts on Voice America Sports. Does your business, like many, face obstacles to becoming successful? Would you love to have an open forum of entrepreneurial ideas and best practices brought to you each week? Tune in for The Second Stage with hosts Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. We'll spotlight entrepreneurs and growing companies that are creating a vibrant economic base, as well as addressing some of the obstacles that could be standing in the way of your success. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, leaders are working to transform themselves and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn, for insights on emerging trends and business innovations to help you stay ahead of the game. You'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention live every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Success Inside. To reach Aparna or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Aparna at bcorporateyogi.com. Now, back to Success Inside. Welcome back to Success Inside. I'm your host, Aparna. And one thing I would love to have this morning for our, um, from our audience is phone calls and conversations. I have here with me Lauren Mackler. Lauren is a 20-year um, coach, and um, she has inspired people from all over the world, couples, groups, companies, to live boldly. She's also a psychotherapist um, and has a best-selling book out there. So it's an honor to have her, and I'd love to have some callers call in for live questions. So we are we are on live. Um, Lauren, uh, you know, we had just started jumping in and talking about wholeness as individuals and uh, and executives, and and some of the examples you're sharing are just wonderful. Um, you know, what are some of the things that we can do? right now uh, in our day-to-day lives so that we don't get this issue of becoming, you know, either too much of a workaholic or too uh, disconnected in other ways? Well, I mean, that is just one example of a learned pattern, um, a a habitual pattern that might be limiting a person. Um, There's a whole host of other ones. I mean, there's things like, um, I'll just Think about some things offhand of some executive clients that uh, that might be helpful. People might be able to relate to. 
Um, another one could be that, um, you know, somebody, a, a leader who is really nice and, and values being liked by everybody and tends to be more of a people pleaser and has a hard time holding people accountable. That's another pattern that you can trace right back to the background and childhood of becoming a people pleaser. That's usually rooted in these patterns of learned behavior in the adaption to our environment growing up. It's fascinating how you track back. And I do that work with every uh, executive I'm working with. And, and I didn't, you know, it, it, it seems strange to be doing uh, family of origin analysis work with people in the beginning in the corporate world. But now I do it with everybody because it's just so important to understand where do those patterns come from. But the first step really is, is doing an honest assessment of what your strengths and challenges are as a leader. And I'm assuming most of the people in your audience are people that are leaders and executives working in the corporate world. They are, actually. And so one, but one area that uh, really comes up for our audience that I love to explore is, you know, finding your life passion. Because as executives, you have access to a lot of different uh, advisors, let's just say, in our companies. But, you know, a lot of times I find that people are not actually doing the jobs that they are truly aligned with oh, their passion boy, and strengths. That's right. And I think that, uh, in fact, um, it's something like 13% of people worldwide feel content at work. And I think it's about 30% of Americans feel satisfied and content at work. So those are pretty low numbers. And I, yeah, I, I, one of the kinds of coaching that I do is Illumineering Career Coaching, and it's designed to help people identify the work that they're born to do. Because most people, I would say if you did a poll, the majority of people are going to tell you that they just sort of fell into the work that they do. It's not, that, it's not like they ever really consciously thought about what are my passions, what are my strengths, what kind of contribution do I want to make in the world. They just fell into something because they didn't know what else to study. So they study something, and then that leads to an internship, and then the internship leads to a job. And before they know it, they're on a career path that may not be in alignment with who they really are. And that's tough. When you're doing a job or in a career or a role that's really not a reflection of who you are, you have to be somebody else and work against your nature every day. And that causes a lot of stress and conflict. Well, and I, that's something I've experienced personally where although my calling uh, is in this area of internal, you know, internal work and making people awaken to their wholeness, um, I, you know, but a lot of it is also challenges around a lot of the people think, well, I have hobbies and then I have work. And we associated work with, you know, corporate work that is going to be paying and that's going to help pay the bills. And then we've got other things that we're really interested in. And those are considered hobbies. Whereas, um, you know, in my own work, I am one of my big goals is to align with that interests outside of the corporate world That's and right. really bring it to the corporate world. So we talk a lot with a lot of my guests about that integration piece, and I'm sure you see that a lot. I do, I and, do. And, and in the coaching that coaching. I do, it's focused on doing the work you're born to do. And I work with people all over the world via Skype, and it's interesting to see the different cultures, their people's relationships to work and their mindsets around jobs and career pathing. And generally speaking, the United States, and of course there's always exceptions to these, um, to these patterns, but I see 
whoop, that was my call uh, waiting. Sorry about that. Um, in America, um, what happens is people jump jobs and jump industries and careers a lot, and and they think that that's fine. And in other countries, it's not so easy. You set down a career path. I used to live in Germany, and in Germany, I don't know how it is today, but back then, you picked a, 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 a area of study and you focused on that path, and you were pretty much stuck there. And you really, it was it was frowned upon to change careers, whereas here people are doing it all the time. Well, and it's also because of the thirteen percent, as you said. Um, kind of uh, satisfaction rate, you know, and more and more people are really trying to hone in on, you know, what it is that drives us and the passion around it. And, um, you know, living on the West Coast now, I mean, here I feel that, or living in California, I feel people are very into, you know, being aligned with that passion uh, for their work. Um and because they have so many outside activities like the, um, you know, the art, the dance, and so forth, and they really honor that. But as uh, all over the world, when I travel, I mean, work is still considered something where, you know, it's our typical model of wanting something that is from nine to five, and then that feels that feel, you know, that pays the bills, and that's what that's kind of the paradigm that we are mentally used to and are comfortable thinking about. It, it's true, and I think when you can integrate, to your point a few minutes ago, <clears throat> when you can integrate what you're passionate about and what you're naturally really good at and what you care about and what excites you um, and what feels um, sort of feeds you, if you will, or inspires you, and do that for a living and get paid for it, um, it work is a completely different kind of thing. I mean, what I do, I do anyway. Um, when I'm out in the world, people tend to open up to me pretty easily and I see solutions and opportunities with people. It's just, I, it's just information that I just sort of pick up and get, and ideas for people, and I share them with people. So I'm doing something that I naturally do anyway, and when you can find what that thing is, uh, work does not have the same kind of um, feeling than something that, you, like you said, you're putting your hobbies and your passions aside, and then you go do this other thing and become this other person and doing something that's more of a drudge, uh, rather a drudgery, rather than something that is really inspiring. Absolutely. And so, um, what are some of the questions that we would probably need to ask ourselves today to see if we're really aligned um, and willing to accept kind of that un- disalignment? If that's well, actually um, like I said before, first thing is doing an assessment and asking yourself how happy am I in my life right now and in my work life right now? And if the answer is I'm not very happy or I certainly could be happier or I'd like to be happier, some things that I do in my um, Lumineering career coaching program that I'll share with your listeners, some exercises and different tips that they can do. One is to start with looking on their bookshelf um, or their Kindle if they don't have books anymore and look at what what types of books are you interested in? If, um, I have a, an exercise that I'll very often have clients do and ask them to actually go to a physical bookstore, a big bookstore, if they have one available to them. You and have to spend an hour or two in there and start writing down all the books that if you were going to buy everything that you wanted to or was interested in, all the books that you'd want to buy and read that would interest you. And you start to then see themes of things that are of interest 
um, start noticing what do you pay attention to? What kinds of um, programs on television do you watch? What kind of magazines do you read? What kind of stories or articles grab you? They move you. They interest you. Um, how do you spend your free time? It's being an investigator of your own life and looking at it through the observer lens in terms of what are my passions? What are my interests? Um, sometimes people don't know because they've lived their lives based on other people's expectations their whole lives, and they have to then start the work of just just trying different things out and discovering what they like and what their interests are, because some people don't know. And it's a wonderful journey, right? So sometimes we get so stressed out about this, but it's really a, a nice way to get to know yourself, especially in walking around the bookstore and or picking up a book that you have, just are intrigued by it but don't know why. Right. And, but it can be overwhelming for people because we, none of us learn, most of us anyway, didn't learn life planning 101 or career planning 101. Nobody taught us real a process of how do you discover what career or business is, is the best one for you. And, um, and so a lot of times when people are coming to me for that type of coaching, they say, I feel overwhelmed. I don't even know where to start. Well, they're trying to figure it out based on, you know, pulling something out of, the, out of the air without any data, without any information. So they have to go about the process of collecting data about themselves. And another thing that is really important is knowing what your innate personality traits are. And that's also something I do with every single client is looking at, based on Carl Jung's work, looking at the personality of the person. You know, everybody's born with innate personality traits. And that's also important in honoring the direction of work that you go. Um, for example, if somebody happens to be extremely extroverted and they're doing a job where they're working by themselves in front of a computer all day long, they're apt to be depressed because they need that interaction with others like they need food and water. Absolutely. Well, then, being in a, as a corporate sales background myself, I could see how painful it would be if, uh, if I were to block myself up in office all day and not have any interaction. But, you know, that brings up a good point. Uh, right now we are in the Internet age of information overload. So do you feel that, you know, we have so much information coming at us and we have so many different mediums to get information? Uh, are there things outside of um, our office environment that we can actually tap into right now? Is there a social site? Is there, you know, other things we can do? Well, um, to your point, I agree. It is, we have so much coming to towards us constantly. We're bombarded everywhere. I mean, you can't go anywhere without being bombarded. Um, you've got your cell phone with you. You've got your iPad with you, as opposed to the days when you've left your telephone at home and you checked your messages when you got home. Um, it's a very different world, and I think you have to have some discipline around boundaries and limits because if you don't do that, you're going to be so bombarded, and your system needs time to rest. The system, um, the, when you, we're looking at the computer, when you're on Facebook and all that kind of stuff, it, it is stimulating the system. And the system needs to calm down and rest in the evening. So some things like having a certain time where you turn off all electronics. The other thing that I feel very strongly about, and this is a real tough one for executives, and the higher the person is in the organization, usually the harder it is to do. 
in America, United States, there's the mindset of the 24-hour availability and accessibility um, that people feel entitled if you are working as an executive and you're making good money and you're six figures, um, that, that your boss and your people have a right to contact you anytime. I know that recently, and I think it's Germany, they passed a law, I believe, that an employer cannot contact you past 6 p.m. And if we could adopt that type of mindset in the United States, that would help a lot of people because that work-life balance, people talk about it a lot, but so many people don't do it, and it's wreaking havoc on their systems. It creates a lot of stress to constantly be stimulated in the way that we are with electronics and information. So having some boundaries and turning it off and, and keeping it off at a certain point in, in the evening, um, reading a book instead, you know, calms the system um, and allows you to, you know, kind of come into a more restorative state or taking a bath or doing something else, I think is really important to create, consciously create that balance. So I work for the European Commission right now, and I'm amazed at their vacation schedule, right? So they people take chunks of like three weeks off twice oh, yeah. a year almost. Six weeks is it's wonderful. wonderful. Yeah, and uh, it's wonderful. So they, I'm always amazed when they come here and we get these like, you know, two days off and we think Thanksgiving, four days. Wow, that's a long time. Um, it's an interesting way where we have worked ourselves into that workaholic frame. Um, but, you know, I would like harder. It's just working longer. Um, if you think right. about, I'm going back to Four Germany because that's where I used to live. Um, there were, you know, real strong laws in terms of um, employee rights and things like that, and limitations around work hours and things like that. And yet, that's a country that is one of the most productive in the world, and efficient, and really good at what they do, and they manufacture things, and the high quality of service and work, and they're not burning themselves out like we are. And yet we are not necessarily working very intelligently, but it, it looks good if you spend 12 hours in the office, even if you've gotten very little done. Exactly. So sometimes we're just pleasing the, uh, we're just kind of punching the clock, as we exactly. say. But um, So one thing I'd like to uh, switch directions here a little bit and talk about uh, relationships and wholeness in relationships, not just amongst our coworkers, but you know, individually as people. I, I'm sure this comes up a lot in your coaching, and I just wanted you to see if you can share some insights on, like, you know, how do we create more whole relationships for ourselves? Well, in in Soulmate, I, I write a whole section on effective communication and interpersonal intelligence because most of us didn't learn those skills either. We didn't learn how to build a strong, healthy relationship with ourselves, and we didn't learn how to build really strong, healthy relationships with others, how to communicate effectively, how to get our needs met, how to set boundaries, how to manage our emotions, all those things that go into interpersonal um, intelligence. And so I think that's a very basic skill that's very important, and, and most people are just left to their own devices to try to figure out how to be a good communicator and how to deal with conflict, and they're just doing it the way that was role model to them, which isn't necessarily the most effective. So that would be a place I, I think that people need to begin, is looking at and evaluating themselves as a communicator. Um, 
learning how to communicate in a very clear way, in a direct way without being aggressive, getting uh, aligning your words and your tone and your body language uh, with the results that you're trying to get in that relationship, being able to manage emotions. I have a whole uh, section on managing your emotions in, um, in Soulmate too because when you're allowing your, your emotions to run you, whether it's in your personal life or at work or both, usually it's both, um, except that, you know, people will rein it in a bit at work because the stakes are higher. But in, emotions don't have intelligence. They are just your feelings. And learning how to manage them and be able to say, okay, I'm feeling this. What just triggered this feeling? What do I want to do with this feeling? Because what outcome do I want to have? And what choice is going to be the most uh, likely to produce that outcome? It's having that mindfulness and awareness in each moment. Most people are kind of sleepwalking. You know, they're not really thinking about what they're saying or doing. And on my website, I think you said you went to the home page. I've got three sort of keys. The first is living boldly, which means living from your authentic self. The second is living intentionally, which means aligning your choices, your thoughts, and your behaviors with the results that you're trying to produce, and living strategically, having a game plan and real action steps and things to do to create the results that you're trying to get. I think all three things are are very important components. Yeah, and the emotions piece is something that I actually work on quite a bit with people because that's where the mindfulness uh, is really important because sometimes we, and most a lot of times, we encounter emotions that are uncomfortable and then we want to just kind of push them under the rug. Right, uh, right. But how do we actually honor the discomfort so that we can get a better understanding of where we are and then moving from that place um, to a place of kind of an awakening of what truly excites us. So you sometimes have to get uncomfortable to really be able to uh, move into a space of awakening or, you know, having an kind of an enlightening experience. So there's a lot of good work out here and a lot of good studies and so forth. And that's something I focus on with my work um, is the emotional piece of, you know, one thing I learned, I wanted to give you a chance to really um, talk about you did, you were doing so much great work and you've done a lot of great work already. So um, just want to give you a chance to really uh, talk about what it is, you know, how, how you see your professional future and how would we tap into that? Well, I, I, I'll, I'm sure I'll be doing most of what I'm doing until I'm not breathing anymore <laughs> because I love what I do and I do a lot of different kinds of things and I need that variety. Um, I still coach two days a week, um, as I said before, with people all over the world via Skype and, and uh, FaceTime, and I enjoy that, but it's not something I want to do every day because I have different parts of me that I like to express. I, I do writing. I have a blog. I do a lot of teaching. I run workshops. Um, and I'm, um, I'm starting to work on the next book. So it's, it's a very um, diversified, I guess, business and career that I have. And, but I have noticed in the last, I mean, I'm 58, and I have noticed that as I got into my later 50s that my needs were changing a bit um, professionally and that I was longing. And I've, I'm one of these people that is kind of your type A um, high energy, love to to work and do, I can do so much in a day. 
But I've found that I am longing more as I get older for more balance. And so I'm still doing what I'm doing, but it's at a, a more um, sort of manageable pace, I guess I want to say. And, um, and I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. And, but the main thing for me and, and the bottom line in all of the work that I do is helping people to liberate the person they were born to be and more fully live from the place that they, you know, that their authenticity um, reclaiming the parts of them that were diminished or weakened um, when they were little and, and became a habitual pattern so that they can come back into a place of wholeness. And uh, that's really at the, at the foundation of everything I do. It's with that intention of helping people liberate the person that they were born to be. Well, that sounds wonderful. I mean, just the wholeness itself is just... Just that word, and if we sit with wholeness and being whole and kind of uh, dialing into ourselves as we say that, um, it brings so much peace and ease into our lives. Um, And that is uh, very important. This is why mindfulness and spirituality and all of those things are an integral part of who we are as individuals and how do we embrace some of those practices? So with that, we're going to go into break now, um, and Lauren will come right back. Uh, thank you so much. We are on Voice America's Success Inside on the Business Channel. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. What makes great leaders? Results? A lasting legacy? Is it making a difference in your life or maybe the lives of others? I lead. The Leadership Connection with host Dr. Linda Sharkey will bring you the practical tips and tools to make you an extraordinary leader and by doing so, build a better, more successful, and more profitable organization. Our show is all about you, the leader that you can be, and the culture that you can create. Tune in to I Lead, The Leadership Connection, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, our world is faced with complex challenges that present massive potential risks. Conflict, misunderstanding, misalignment of organizations and their leadership, lost productivity, wasted time, and wasted resources resulting from limiting perspectives, distraction, and hardline positions are damaging our today and our future. The monetary cost of such failures is in the billions. Stop wasting time. Make a shift. Engage with host David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration, Thursdays at 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Success Inside. To reach Aparna or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Aparna at bcorporateyogi.com. Now, back to Success Inside. Welcome back to this morning's show. We are getting some great tips here from uh, Lauren Mackler, who has spent 20 years working with executives and individuals on how to lead a more inspired um, life and how to transform our lives. Uh, For the last segment of our show, we're going to go into a mode where we're going to talk about how we as individuals and as professionals stay inspired. How do we live a more inspired life? So getting away from our work, but, you know, how do we continue to live a life of passion where we're so excited to embrace each day that all the other things that come up or life as it comes up is just a pure inspiration. We're going from one thing we love to do to another and another wonderful experience. And, you know, Lauren, wouldn't you agree? It just kind of builds on itself. It's a snowball of wonderful things happening. Well, I think you you keyed in on something that's very important. And um, I think that feeling inspired and being inspired in your life, and obviously it's not going to be every single minute and maybe not every single day, but overall feeling a sense of joy and inspiration by how you're living your life and what you're doing within it, I think is critical to human happiness and, and, and contentment and health and well-being. And, um, and it's going to be different for different people. But I think there's some keys that, that are very important to uh, becoming inspired and staying inspired. And one is living in the present is really important. And so many people are living with regret in, of the past, and they spend a lot of time hanging out in the past and telling themselves a story about the past. And if it's not a very happy story, then they're completely uh, you know, unable to enjoy the here and now moment because they're lost in the gloom and doom story of the past and regret and pain and depression and all that kind of stuff. And likewise, other people are hanging out in the future, and they're thinking about the future. They're worrying about the future, which causes then anxiety and stress and, again, not being able to enjoy the moment. So I think that's, that's one thing um, that's a very important key is learning how to live in the present, having the discipline when your mind starts to go to the past or the mind starts to go to the future, having the discipline. It doesn't happen on its own. You have to you know, do it deliberately because left to your own devices, you're just going to go on autopilot, whatever you habitually do. So it's redirecting the mind and saying, what's going on right now? And you can get present by just checking in and saying, hmm, what does my body feel like right now? 
Um, what am I feeling relaxed? Do I feel tense? Where do I feel tension? What am I feeling emotionally right now? Um, what's going on around me? Looking around, looking at your dog, looking at the trees, looking at the birds. Coming present is a really important key. The other thing I think is that's important is feeling a sense of purpose. And, and it doesn't matter what it is. It, doesn't, it can be something really little. It can be something really big. And maybe your purpose is to walk dogs every day and bring joy to the dogs. That's a sense of purpose. Or maybe your sense of purpose is to parent your child or your children, um, create a safe and loving home for them. Um, I think having a sense of purpose is also... It's a, it, it creates the inspiration, I think, and I think that's also a really important thing is having a sense of purpose. And in today's world, that's easy to lose sight of. It's really easy to lose sight of and get discouraged. And paying attention, I'll say one more thing. I'll be quiet. I don't mean to be running off with the mouth. Um, but there's one other thing, and that is having the discipline to, to direct your attention to that which is going to inspire you. And if you're constantly watching CNN or you're constantly watching television or you follow all these uh, news-breaking um, um, pages on Facebook and you're constantly barraged with all this negativity that's going on in the world, it's real hard to stay inspired. And there's plenty of good stories and wonderful things going on. It's a matter of where are you placing your attention. And thank you for that, because it's um, all these things are so practical, especially, I mean, the news stories, uh, it always amazes me how uh, how many people work nine to five and then go home and tune into other people's problems. So it's right. like, you know, it's just another way of kind of getting away and then tuning into somebody else's problems and just kind of growing that whole snowballing, that effect of living in that space instead of a space of something positive that actually inspires you. So that that is just wonderful. And, you know, I, I am a yogi and I tend to uh, take a lot from the yogic wisdom that's there. And living in the moment is there, whether no matter what your religious belief is, but living in the present moment and acknowledging and being in that moment is some of the is is the key to being a whole individual. But no matter what tradition you belong to or how you do it, but in the yogic culture, we always say one of the practical tools that I receive from my guru is may every hour maybe dialing in and saying, okay, even if it's just for a minute, you know, closing your eyes and just centering yourself, right? Because right. The hours go very quickly, especially in an office. Um, and so just, you know, when you're sitting at your desk or if you're, even if you're out and about or sitting in the car, just dialing in and taking a minute or two to just center yourself and be in that moment and just ground yourself as yourself, um, which is very important because you're right. And I mean, I personally have had experiences where I know left to my own devices, I'm either thinking about the future or the past. Um, and you know, that moment just gets away from you and then soon life gets away from you because you start aging and so uh, you start to right. and, 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 and when you're thinking about the past and the future, it tends to invoke a certain emotional response. So it's not only that you're missing the moment, but you're probably, like I said, if you're hanging out in the past, more often than not, um, you're invoking depression and dragging yourself down. And if you're hanging out in the future, very often you're invoking anxiety and stress uh, and worry about it. Um, the other thing I, I think is important to uh, 
being able to live an inspired life, it's learning how to manage fear. And if you're held captive by the chains of fear and you're unhappy in your job, you're unhappy in your relationship, you're unhappy with your health or with your body or whatever it is, but you're too afraid to make a change, that's real hard to live an inspired life. You've got to learn how to manage the fear and override it enough to take the risks to pursue that which is going to um, uplift you, that which is going to feed your soul, if you will, or your heart. And I think that that's another important piece. Um, I actually devote a whole chapter called Manage Fear So It Doesn't Manage You in the Soulmate book because it is something that I think holds so many people back from living inspired lives. Absolutely, and you nailed it because releasing and acknowledging, acknowledging and then releasing our fears and not allowing it to control our lives is probably, as a human being, something, mastering that art in itself can just kind of just about unfold you to have anything in your life. That's right. Fear is the biggest limitation that we all experience. And especially over the years, if you have something, like I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, so uh, fear is the one thing that holds us all back from maybe creating something that it truly expresses our creativity um, and unleashes our, our, our kind of that uh, aliveness and passion in us. But fear can a lot of times hold us back. And that fear then can also turn into disease over the years. So right. it's very important to acknowledge it, um, very important to embrace it, but then release it enough so that we can be our whole passionate selves. I completely agree, uh, and it's a lot, you know, it's not as easily um, done as said, but I think that it is an important piece of work in understanding where your fear is coming from, being really clear what it is, and I often tell people that um, they'll, I'll ask people, who do you admire, you know, people that are entrepreneurs and that want to start businesses, I say, what businesses do you admire or individuals, and they'll tell me, and I say, oftentimes the difference between your success and that person's success is simply one took action, one moved on it, one challenged the fear enough to go for it. And I had wanted to write a book since I was 16, and when I finally sat down to write it, I was terrified I wasn't going to be able to do it. And I found myself avoiding it, distracting myself from starting, and I realized I had this fear that I wasn't good enough and that it was holding me back, and I had to just make my peace with it, understand where it came from, and do a reality check and say, wait, this is, an old, this is an old story I tell myself. This is not true. And yes, I have the talent to do this. I have the ability to do this. And what I have to say, there's a lot of people that, that are going to benefit from it. So I took myself out of the past trance state of the fear into a reality check in the here and now, and that really helped me to move past it, to override it. That's a very good example. So sometimes the best way to release the fear is to take an action, even if it's a small action. So I also tell entrepreneurs that, you know, if you're thinking about starting a business and instead of jumping to creating that 20-page business plan and, you know, trying to create something right away, why not test your concept with one or two people who you think are going to be potential customers or users of your product? And or service and you know try it out live your life where you're doing bits and pieces of it so the fear is not so monumental that it cripples you from moving forward right 
Right. Baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah. Baby and there steps. is a book yeah. that's written out there. It's called uh, "Don't uh, Something About the uh, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And it really talks about if you... You know, one of the simplest examples is if you want to lose weight and you don't think you're going to be motivated to go to the gym, stand in front of your television for five minutes each day, each day and just go into a little jog. Five right, minutes right. each day, commit to it for a week. And, you know, there you've taken, you've started the path towards something you want to achieve. And I, that's a really good point, Aparna, because... So many people will, um, one of the things that I do in my Illumineering Life Coaching is we create a vision statement and an action plan. And when we start doing the action planning, they, they want to set all these goals and they want to go from, let's say, not working out to five days a week. And then I say, when was the last time you were at the gym? And they say, well, I haven't been there in the last year. So I said, how about this? What about if you commit to going no less than one time for 30 minutes in the next week? You can always exceed the goal, which makes you feel good about yourself, but you're doing something that is a lot more realistic. If, you've gone from, if you're trying to go from zero to ten, you're most likely going to feel overwhelmed at the idea of going there five days a week, and you won't go. So I think breaking it down and, and start small and don't overwhelm yourself is a really important key. And with that, I mean, these are small, tangible things that we can start even this afternoon. So if you, with that, as we close out our show, even if you have something that is a huge and feels like a big dream, take one small baby step today or this weekend. Commit to doing that for yourself and see where it takes you uh, because that little step may seem small at the moment, but it is huge if it helps you overcome your fear or your barrier and so forth. So with that, Lauren, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, once again, if you'd like to talk a little bit, just tell us uh, your soulmate, the book, um, as well as other ways we can tap into your all your great work you're doing. Well, people can go to my website, and it's just laurenmackler.com, and that's L-A-U-R-E-N, like Nancy, and like Mary, A-C-K-L-E-R, laurenmackler.com. And that's, uh, that's sort of the pathway to everything. I've got a blog, and I've got a lot of free resources on the blog, which is at my website. I also have a lot of free videos up on YouTube. So people just Thank have to put so my much. name in there, and they can find it. Thank you so much, Lauren. I appreciate it. And with that, we are going to be signing off. My name is Aparna. I'm your host. And uh, feel free to get in touch with me, A-P-A-R-N-A, at bcorporateyogi.com. And we will be on again next week, Success Inside, Voice America Talk Radio on the Business Channel. Thank you so much. Have Enjoy your lovely Saturday. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you, and I look forward to getting the, uh, the link, and we'll get it up there. Thanks for listening. Be sure to catch another edition of Success Inside with your host, Aparna, next Saturday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Until the next show, have a great weekend and a successful week to come.